Daddy term to chapter 18 and try to follow uh, at least with the explanation of the meaning of the verses. That will be helpful, inshallah. Uh, and whether uh, purpose or one message could, inshallah, help us here by raising, uh, yes, okay, but the learner, I am in verse 20, verse 20, and we use uh, the translation of the meaning by Salim uh, al-Hilali and Mahsul Khan. Okay, fine, that's a message. So, there we know that the, these young people, these young believers, after they disassociated themselves from their people who were in a state of disbelief, they went to the cave. And, uh, and they went into a state of deep sleep. And after they were awakened, we talked about that in details. After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala awakened them from their long deep sleep, uh, a speaker of them, they started asking each other, how long have we stayed in the cave? And they said we have stayed perhaps a day or part of a day, some of them. Then others said, your Lord alone knows best how long you have stayed here. So send one of you with the silver coin of yours to the town and let him figure out which is the good lawful food and bring some of that on you and let him be careful and let no man know of you. Why they said that? Because you know, they were scared that they would be discovered. And this is what came in verse 20 now. For if they come to all of you, إِنَّهُمْ إِلَّذْهَرُوا عَلَيْكُمْ يَرْجُمُوكُمْ If they come to know of you, they will stone you to death or abuse you and harm you. Or turn you back to their religion. You certainly turn you back to your religion, to their religion, meaning to the state of disbelief. And in that case, you will never be successful. In that case, you will never be successful. Now comes, therefore, the verse for the explanation of tonight. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says in verse 21 now, وَكَذَلِكَ أَعْثَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ لِيَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ وَعْدَ اللَّهِ حَقِّ And thus we made their case known. And thus we made their case known, meaning to the people. That they might know that the promise of Allah is true. وَأَنَّ السَّاعَةَ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهَا And that there can be no doubt about the hour. إِذْ يَتَنَازَعُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ أَمْرَهُمْ Remember when they, meaning the people of the city, disputed among themselves about their case, about the case of these young people. And they said, construct a building over them. They knows best about them. Then those who won their point, they said, most probably the disbelievers, we verily shall build a place of worship over them. So let's explain these verses, inshallah, one by one. Or uh, part by part. Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ أَعْثَرْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ And thus we made their case known. And thus we made their case known. Meaning Allah made their case, the case of these young people, 
these young believers made their case known to their disbelieving people. One, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِيَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ وَعْدَ اللَّهِ حَقِّ So that they might know that the timing of the hour and the establishment of the hour is true because they deny it. Their people deny the establishment of the hour. Or to show them also, which is, could be true, which is also true, to show their people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves the believers from the disbelievers. In this case, these believers, Allah saves them all this time. So, either meaning is correct. Concerning the establishment of the hour, لِيَعْلَمُ أَنَّ وَعْبَ اللَّهِ حَقِّ that there is no doubt about it, that it, is, it, that it will occur, that there is no doubt about it. And then they disputed, their people disputed as to their... What should we do with them? What should we do with them? Some said, let's build or construct a building over them. that it will be a kind of protection for them and it will be a means of remembrance to remember them later. So that construct the building over them. They said they know knows best about them, meaning knows best about them. Here they stay 309 years, not eating, not drinking, and not changing in their physical status. So that's why these people said, Rabbuhum a'anabubuhum, they know knows best about them. But then there comes the other opinion. Qala ladina ghalabu ala amrihim, and their leaders, Amongst them, among their people said, لَنَتَّخِذَنَّ عَلَيْهِمْ مَسْجِدًا Instead of making or constructing a building over them, let's build a place of worship, a place of prayer over them. Such action places of prayer and especially mosques over graves, these are serious ways that lead to associating partners with Allah that lead to shirk. Establishing, building mosques over graves, even if these graves are of the righteous people. This is a strong and very attractive way for the emergence of shirk. It's strongly in opposition to such a behavior or such an action. The Prophet ﷺ, when he was dying, the Prophet ﷺ, when he was dying, he said, 
لعنة الله على اليهود والنصارى اتخذوا قبور أنبيائهم مساجد يحذر ما صنعوا. The Prophet وسلم said when he was dying, the curse of Allah be on the Jews and the Christians they have taken from the graves of their prophets مساجد places of prayers يحذر ما صنعوا warning meaning this ummah warning the Muslims as of the behavior of the Jews and the Christians not to do as they have done this is the thing that was on the mind of the Prophet وسلم, while he was dying but nowadays we see this happening in the ummah if a righteous man dies in some, so many places of the Muslim world they take his body and bury it in the mosque and this is a means for shirk because people get attracted and they end up calling upon this righteous man for help in matters which only Allah can give such help and that's why this is a grave matter you find so many people troubling the Muslim world right and left giving da'wah to Allah yet they even start by visiting one of these graves or when they return they go to that grave also and visit it seeking blessing and also calling them besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this happens in Pakistan a lot unfortunately Pakistan in India in many of the Arab states as well in South Africa now it's, it's, uh, it's occurring then we go to the next verse فَيَقُولُونَ فَلَأَثَةٌ رَابِعُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ some say they were three now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us uh, the dispute that occurred regarding their their number how many were these young believers who resorted and fled their deen to protect themselves some say they were three look at the contract of the verses now because we will we will know from the explanation there is a number but look at the eloquence of the of the Quran the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most perfect speech فَيَقُلُونَ ثَلَاثَةٌ رَابِعُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ Some say they were three. The dog being the fourth among them. You know they had a dog with them. فَيَقُلُونَ ثَلَاثَةٌ رَابِعُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ They will say three and their fourth is the dog. I mean the dog being the fourth among them. And others will say خَمْسَةٌ فَادِسُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ Others will say that they were five and the dog being the sixth but then what did Allah say here right away Rajman bil ghayb say let's continue the texting for everyone misses Rajman bil ghayb guessing at the unseen guessing 
of the unseen. You see, so after he said, after I said about them that they were three, some say they were three, their dog is the fourth, and some say they were five and the dog being the sixth, guessing, guessing, look at this, guessing at the unseen, remember this statement, huh? remember where it came in the text, because you're going to get a sort of benefit shortly from there, inshallah. Yet others say, yet others say, وَيَقُولُونَ سَبْعَةٌ وَثَامِنُهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ Yet others say, they were seven and the dead being the eighth, period. Did Allah add here guessing at the unseen? Did Allah add guessing at the unseen after saying they were seven and their dogs are their eight? Are you following with me, inshallah? Okay. Allah mentioned that in the beginning, they say, some will say that they were three and their dogs is the fourth. Okay, excellent. And then he said, they were, uh, that some of them said they were five, the six is their dog. Right? And he said guessing at the unseen right after this statement. But then when he said that some of them mentioned that there were seven and the dog being the, un- the, the eighth, he didn't say guessing at the unseen. You see that? You see the difference? So this tells clearly that their number is what? So their true number is what? Seven. Excellent. No, seven the, the, and the eight will be the dog. Seven and the eight will be their dog. Correct. Seven and even the eight will be their, their dog. But here, فَيَقُولُونَ ثَلَاثَةٌ رَابِعَهُمْ كَلْبُهُمْ Meaning, even some of them were in the dust. They were, they were hesitant. Meaning, sometimes they say they were three. And sometimes they say five and so forth. So now from the story of the people of the faith, we now know of their number from this verse, which we talked about. Then Allah said, مَا يَعْلَمُهُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ Meaning, before Allah informed about them, only few who knew of them in their number. And from the few who knew of their number, that is Abdullah ibn Abbas. Abdullah ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him and his father. The companion of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he said, I am from the few who knew their number. Then Allah says, Fala sumari fihim. Meaning, and consult not any of them, meaning from the people of the scriptures, the Jews and the Christians, about the affair of the people of the cave. Then, consult as to their affair, as to their timing, as to their place, and, the, and as to what happened to them. Don't consult with that. فَلَا تُمَارِ فِيهِمْ إِلَّا مِرَاءً ظَاهِرًا So debate not about their number, except with the clear proof. 
which we have revealed to you. And debate is of two kinds. Debate is of two kinds. There is the debate which takes place on the tongue alone. There is the debate that takes place on the tongue alone. And there is the other debate which is very is the consequences of which are really bad. And that which goes from the tongue to the heart. And you see people and you see people getting angry puffing and so excited and so forth. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, debating concerning that which has no benefit, don't indulge in it. Except that which is apparent, meaning on the tongue alone. Don't go to that other debate which touches the heart, because there is no benefit at all regarding this matter, how many they were and so forth. And from this we believe the following benefit. There is no benefit in argumentation. Meaning, if there is no benefit in any argument, then a person should not get, should get out of it. There is no point in continuing it to the, in that. And therefore also the other, the other benefit is that matters that are not so clear, person should not really indulge deeply in them. Also, one should avoid the argumentation of the people that are known as scholastic theologians or scholastic theology. This is mostly philosophical type of argumentation that is of little value. To the contrary, it really hardens the heart with very little benefit. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَا تَسْتَسْتِفِيهِمْ مِنْهُمْ أَحَدًا and consult much of them whether they were from the people of the book or otherwise as to their status, their place, their timing and from this there is the following benefit that a person should not seek fatwa, seek a religious decree from a person who is not qualified for ifta even if he claims that he has knowledge because fatwa, the matter of fatwa, religious verdicts, has its own regulations and etiquettes. So those who are not qualified for religious decrees and religious fatwa, 
should not be consulted by the people. Even though they may have certain degree of knowledge. Because if you read into the methodology of fatwa and its regulation will be amazed. And this does not come up just easily. It takes time and development for the person of knowledge. And in addition to knowledge, it requires fear of Allah and sincerity. And then comes the other verse, verse 23, And never say of anything, I shall do such and such thing tomorrow. إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ Except with the saying, if, if, if Allah will. The addition here is to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abbas to the Ummah who follow him. And we know from the story of the people of the cave is that the tribe of Quraysh, the pagan of us, the pagan Arabs, sent to the Jews who were in Medina, in the city of Medina, and the rest of Arabia, they sent in order to check the Prophet truthfulness, they sent a delegation to the Jews, because the Jews were people from the book, and they had more knowledge than the pagan Arabs. And they told the Jews, this delegation, this delegation that a man has been sent, and he says that he is a prophet, meaning Muhammad, so the Jews told the, 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 the delegation, ask him about three things, ask him about three things, about a group of young people, some youth, who left their city, and resorted to a cave, ask him what about their affair, see if he, if he knows. Second thing, the second thing was, ask him about a man who possessed the east and the west of the earth, and then ask him about the spirit. What does he know about what does he know about the spirit or the soul? Three things. So the pagan Arabs asked the Prophet about these three matters. Then the Prophet said, I will tell you tomorrow. I will tell you tomorrow. Then the revelation, any revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the angel Jibreel alayhi salam. So the angel Jibreel did not descend with the revelation for 15 days. 
and the Prophet ﷺ does not know anything of the narrations of the past concerning these people of the faith. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and this is one thing which is in support of the truthfulness of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, that he didn't know anything in relations of the past, because as Allah says, وَمَا كُنْتَ تَتْلُوا مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَلَا تَخُطُّهُ بِيَمِينِكَ إِذَا لَرْتَابَ الْمُبْتِلُونَ Listen to this verse in the Quran where Allah says, Neither did you, O Muhammad, read any book before this Quran. Nor did you write any book whatsoever with your right hand. In that case, indeed, the followers doubted. The followers of falsehood might have doubted. This is in this verse. Could you put this verse? This is in Surah Al Ankabut, 29. What was this? 48. This verse. So neither did you read any book before this, or Muhammad, meaning before this Quran, you didn't read anything, nor did you write any book whatsoever in your right hand. In that case, if you had done it, if you had, in that case, I mean, had you done that, indeed the followers of falsehood might have doubted and accused you of bringing and you know, and you claim that you are a prophet. So this was a true support for the Prophet ﷺ truthfulness, that he doesn't speak of his own desires, that he is relating the revelation from Allah. So Allah tested him now with this matter. So the revelation ceased for 15 days. In this trial and test of Muhammad is a lesson that despite the rank a person can reach in righteousness to Allah, then there is no escape from the decree of Allah. So we continue the recognition of Surah Al-Kahf. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested the Prophet because he didn't say, insha'Allah, if Allah will. When the pagan Arabs came to him and told him, tell us about the stories of these uh, young uh, people of the cave, tell us about them, and the other uh, questions as well. He said, I will, tell you, uh, I will tell you tomorrow. And he didn't say, insha'Allah, so Allah tested him by seizing the revelation for 15 days. As he tested Sulaiman, Prophet Sulaiman, Solomon, alayhi salam, in, in that when he said, I will, uh, now I will, I will go and uh, have yani, sexual intercourse with my wives, and they were about 90, and I will have from each one of them a boy who will grow up to fight in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He didn't say, inshallah, and Allah tested him in that, and then there was born only Adam as a half boy, half boy. So he immediately recognized and he made tawbah to Allah and istighfar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the revelation ceased. Uh, so he stayed 
the Prophet ﷺ 15 days waiting for the revelation and as you know the Prophet ﷺ he may be uh, distressed to Allah that you should say that only when it's linked with insha'Allah if Allah will so from this when one links his statement to the Mashiach to the will of Allah then we will gain two benefits the first that Allah will make it easy for him since he had returned the matter and the affair to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala second if he doesn't do that he will not break his oath he doesn't have to expiate he doesn't have to expiate ok suppose something here Allah is saying إِنِّي فَاعِلْ وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ بِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ فَاعِلٌ this verse, in this verse Allah is not saying إِنِّي فَاعِلْ that I will do and there is a difference between the two and out of this difference we will gain a good benefit inshaAllah and here it is so if someone says فأفعل I will do such an act while he is informing he is telling this as an information meaning informing as to what is in his heart or her heart not in terms of being informed as to the occurrence of this deed then it is not necessitated upon him to say insha'Allah for example, let us give an example if some friend of yours tells you هل ترمم علي غدا will you pass by me for a will you pass by me tomorrow and if you say I couldn't say insha'Allah if Allah will then there is no harm in that because this is informing as to what is in your heart and that which is in your heart Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has willed it already then there is no necessity to link it to the Mashiach to the will however if you intend to say that Yes, tomorrow indeed, with fairness, I will come, then in this way, in this way you say, Insha'Allah. This you link it to the Mashiach. So the first thing is like, خَبَرٌ عَنَّا فِي قَلْبِكَ خَبَرٌ عَنَّا فِي قَلْبِكَ Meaning this is like informing as to what is in your heart only. And that which is in your heart is present while you are talking. But if you intend as to that what you're going to do in the future, and with firmness, and you intend to do happen, then there you link it to the Mashiach. So, if, if you tell somebody that I will travel tomorrow, I will travel tomorrow, if you are informing as to that which is in your heart, then you don't have to say insha'Allah and you are not being blamed 
better. If he intends, I will travel tomorrow, meaning I will start really traveling tomorrow, actually, then in this case, with this fairness, he must say, Insha'Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ إِذَا نَسِيتَ وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ إِذَا نَسِيتَ And remember your Lord when you forget and say, عَسَىٰ أَنْ يَهْدِيَنِ رَبِّي لِأَقْرَبَ مِنْ هَذَا رَشَدًا It may be that my Lord allowed me unto a nearer way of truth than this. وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ إِذَا نَسِيتَ مِنْ Remember the command of your Lord by saying, Insha'Allah. If you forget to say it and you remember it, then say, Insha'Allah, when you remember. Because the person is subject to forgetfulness. Then say, if Allah wins, when you remember. So, if you forget that, you say it, if you remember it. But let me ask you, then, here in this sense. Does it really benefit? Why inshallah is, is so important? Because we cannot escape the will of Allah. No one escapes the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you have no knowledge of what will occur tomorrow. And in that also there is a linkage with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where you care matters to him. So if a person forgets saying inshallah, then he, when he remembers that, he may say it. But if, will it benefit it when he remembers it? Will it really benefit him when he says, Insha'Allah, after he remembers that? At a later time? So, we have two opinions regarding this. Some of the ulama, rahimahumullah, may Allah's mercy be upon them, they say that it benefits him even if he doesn't remember that except after one day or two days or one year or two years even. And the other opinion is that it will not benefit him except that if he remembers within a short period of time. So according to the first saying, there is no expiration. You see the benefit from this. According to the first saying, if you remember without the the period length or the length of the period then there is no expiration in you but on the other side you see the other side the other opinion is that there is an expiration and however by saying it inshallah the benefit of that even though there is an expiration, the benefit of that is that it looks from you to, from upon you the sin. It would be beneficial in the sense it would lift up the sin. And therefore, inshallah, we can stop here. Now we finish till uh, uh, verse uh, 24. Verse 24, inshallah. And we continue. And every Friday night, inshallah, like this time Thursday uh, evening, or the night of, of Friday, inshallah we can, uh, we can uh, explain more about Surah Al-Kahf.
Until we finish it, inshallah.